This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado, The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Chris-a-mania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man, with the powerful questions. (laughs) Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet. All right, welcome back to the Chris Van Vliet Show. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash and Bet Online. And it's always such an honor to sit down with one of the chillest wrestlers of all time. The vampire warrior himself, Gangrel. This interview was done in person, by the way. Yeah, got a few of these every every now and then. And as much as I appreciate the ability that we have right now to have these conversations over Zoom or Skype, there's nothing like sharing a conversation in person. So this was done at the Independent Wrestling Expo, put on by Fighting Words Promotions in North Richland, Texas. It's the same place we did the interview with Jake the Snake, also the same place we did an interview with Jazz, which you will be seeing and hearing very soon. So take a screenshot. Let us know that you're listening to this one. Tag us both. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. Gangrel is at Gangrel13 on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet, perhaps this is the interview This is the episode that changes that for you. And let's just keep going with that thing where we read one review from Apple Podcasts on every single episode. I mean, yeah, you don't have to pay for a shout out here. Mm -mm. Just leave a review, shout one out on every single show. That's it. Mike711 says, first time comment, long time listener. Chris, I absolutely love the show. You're truly one of the best when it comes to interview style and content. I'd love to see you get Shawn Michaels or from the indie scene, Anthony Green. Keep up the great work, brother. Thanks for all the entertainment. Well, thank you, Mike. And I think both of those would be great interviews. HBK? Wow. I think if we, if we did an interview with Shawn Michaels, I feel like we'd need five hours for that one to cover everything that I'd want to talk about. And then I'd be like, hey, can we come like do part two sometime? Like this. This is part two with Gangrel. Yes, it's the second interview. Yeah, that we did. The first one that I posted on the podcast, though. The other one was posted just on YouTube. This was from like two and a half years ago. So, I mean, technically speaking, I guess this is the first interview on the podcast. But Gangrel's Wrestling School was like 20 minutes from where I lived in Florida. So I got to know him pretty well. 
I mean, we shot a few segments there for the TV show I was working for. We, I mean, I went to many of his indie shows, great stuff. So his wrestling school is called uh, Gangrel's Wrestling Asylum. He's just such a good guy and so knowledgeable when it comes to in-ring psychology. And he's also still wrestling. He's 51 years old, looks great, moves great in the ring. Oh man, I can't say enough good things about him if you couldn't tell. We talk about the epic brood entrance music. We talk about entering with the flames and if anything ever went wrong there, working with Edge and Christian and then the new brood, the Hardy Boys. He reminisces about Luna and does a phenomenal, phenomenal impression of her. And he does this whole interview with his vampire fangs in. It's great. All great stuff here. So please enjoy this chat with a live crowd, by the way. Yeah, here you go. It's Gangrel. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my friend, Gangrel. <laughs> you know what? Let me give it back to you, because thank you. We couldn't do this without you. We, and I don't get to do these very often. We are live here at the Independent Wrestling Expo. Yeah, how do you, how do you like that? Yeah, thank you. Fancy there, man. I like that you got the fangs in for this. Fangs and a vampire tan. Yeah, this is it. Tanpire. I think that... <laughs> a tanpire. Tanpire. I'm changing things, man. I think that people thought, uh, like, there were rumors that you actually had, like, actual fangs implanted into your mouth. I did. You did? I did, but not in WWF. Okay. Uh, what... Prior. Uh, 90, 94, 95, 96-ish, I had fangs permanent. Wow. Okay, so what's in your mouth right now? Fangs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there we go. This is more of a clasp. Like, uh, uh, anybody knows you think about a retainer? Okay. It's a spider clasp. Yeah. yeah. Right before we... These st- are the same ones since 98, though. Oh, yeah. these are the, the actual WWE ones? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I went through a few when I first started there, then I figured these out. Wow. But they get loose. They're loose now. I have to fix the denim up, you know? No. <laughs> you, you look good, though. Oh, well, you too. California suits you well. Thank you. It's very kind and of you to say. And work out for you there. Oh, my gosh. Don't hey, even start. Hey, you guys need to tell him it's Whataburger. You got to tell him it's Whataburger. No, no, I, I even commented. Even. I said it was Whataburger. And like, you don't mess with In-N-Out. It's Whataburger. That's there's, the spot. Right? There's an In-N-Out down the street from my house, and I've been there far too many times already. They don't even want to give you a bag or buy. It's craziness. I, this, this, I like my stuff packaged and handed to me properly. We could go all day <laughs> about the best burgers. Whataburger. <laughs> You are looking like you're. <laughs> wow, we're getting a plot. We are in Texas right yeah. now. You're in fantastic shape. And yeah, I, I wouldn't say that looking at this camera, but thank you. No, it's true. Not a good angle, but thank you. It's a good angle. It works for you. It's yeah. your camera. You're, you're still you're still working a ton. Obviously, COVID's probably changed a little bit for you, yeah. but you're still in the ring a lot. Yeah, I was scheduled uh, up to this COVID situation in March to be like, uh, to be honest, not even sound cheeky or funny or anything, but I was going to make more money than I did in my base contract in WWE on independent scene uh, this year. Then COVID hit, boom, with a roaring elbow, like, rah, (laughs) (laughs) a vicious KO. But uh, the school, the school was weathered, the the roaring elbow of COVID, the school's weathered, but I'm still working. Um, Last week, I was in uh, Crown Point, Indiana, I did a show uh, here today, New York tomorrow, so very blessed to be working. Yeah. So I pulled through it and made it. But I, yeah, I was super, super busy, super blessed, and I was working Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays shows, and then running to school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. or a Thursday pending upon travel. Yeah. You've got two big things when you work an indie show that people want to see and hear: the entrance music, 
For sure. And then the spitting of the blood, of course. Right, which I got to ask about that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I know that when you, do, when you do the spitting of the blood, you basically say to the promoter, all right, if you want me to do this, you've got to provide me with a shirt. Well, no. No, I don't. I say, if you want me to wear the white shirt, oh. you get the white shirt. So what I'll do to any promoter, any promoter that's even listening, I have nothing against the white shirt. They don't make them the same. They don't look the same. I don't like them. This is the Jerry Seinfeld no, pirate well, shirt. I like my original Seinfeld pirate version, but they, they look more now like the Seinfeld shirt now than, than they did the ones I was wearing in Hot Topics Morbid, but they changed the style. But I have nothing against them because, you know, when you work shows like this, uh, you're getting different rings. This one has white ropes, per se. You're getting rings with black ropes. What do they do? They spray the ropes. <laughs> but, or the canvases don't get clean. Uh, it's not the blood itself. The, the, the blood is the stage blood. It, it'll come out. But um, I, just, I just would run through. Once I started doing indies, I'd run through a shirt a night. It would just like, you couldn't get them clean. They looked dingy. It just wasn't the same. So right. I moved over to black. But I do tell promoters, if they ask, if you want to hunt a shirt down, and no matter how awful it is, you get the shirt. I'll wear it. I'll sign it, leave it with you. You can auction it off or do whatever you want to a charity, yourself, or whoever. But they have to <laughs> provide the shirt. I'm not hunting it down <laughs> anymore. And I'm not putting the 40 bucks out every day. What happens? <laughs> I am a cheap vampire, by the way. <laughs> what happens when you go through TSA with vampire blood? Ice, what's up, girl? <laughs> That's it? I, I believe every TSA agent is a fan of pro wrestling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I carry... Uh, I break it down. I don't carry, like, gallons of blood. Like, I, 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 I carry my, the shampoo bottle, you know, the gimmick size uh, yeah. within, the, within the law. And I know you've thing. got a flavor but, that you like, too. But I, I got the clear, you know. You know, the clear. Oh, yeah, yeah. The clear. Yeah, you travel so much. Clear, they're like, yeah, come on through. Come on through. What's the flavor that you like? Zesty mint, Ben I? Not yeah. just mint. No, zesty no, mint. Zesty mint. You got to have fresh breath. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of these wrestlers don't. They come in there with onions and this and that. But I want to make sure I have zesty mint. Vampires got to have good breath. <laughs> <laughs> the first time you heard the brood entrance theme, what went through your mind? Well, I, I thought they stole it from, stole it from the Toadies' uh, Possum Kingdom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, nobody hears it but me. Here, yeah. Nobody hears it but me, but I know I gave them that music to listen to. So the first time I heard it was a dry rehearsal uh, under the ring on a Sunday, like literally an hour before the show. And it kicked in, but I could hear the underlying things from like Possum Kingdom and the reverse masking and all, all the stuff they did in it. They just jammed some things up and some slowed some things down. And again, I apologize with the fangs. It's like a Gallagher zone. You're going to get splashed. Chris already knows. He's already, it's okay. You see him rolling like Mayweather. Should have had that shield on. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you should have came in with a full face shield on this deal. Like. But I, I heard that. But then, then I got up. But then it kicked in, and then the fire. So I couldn't just hear the music. It was the fire. It was a combination of everything. And then, like, it was like, oh, that was pretty cool. But it was like, whatever. It was, like, super cool, but I was super nervous. But then when it happened in front of a live crowd, so that when the, the music would hit and you're down there in the elevator, you would already be swaying. And then you get up, the fire would go. You're like, eee! You're like, this is cool. And then you get up there, and the people go, oh. And then that rush, you know, it was great. You know, they, um, for, like, two months, they kept, telling me you can't be smiling when you come down the ramp you're supposed to be a mean vampire you know you're supposed to be this like creature of the night i go i am and they go oh you come down the ramp and you're like <laughs> and then i would try i would try every, i mean i would just try for i'd hold it to the elevator i'd walk to the fire 
Mm, they get halfway down the ramp. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then they finally, I think it was Bruce Pritchard, came back. All right, man, you're like a vampire that's happy. I don't know. You're a menacing vampire, <laughs> menacing smile. Because I couldn't stop smiling because it was just uh, such a rush that, like, it would all come together. And then when they put it together as the brood, which was always the original pitch, it wasn't just me as a vampire. I wanted the brood deal, you know, like the Lost Boys, because I was a big fan of the Lost Boys. Sure. And that's what triggered me to wrestle as a... Uh, be a vampire, which I originally started out as Lustat, the vampire in Puerto Rico, and then became Vampire Warrior. Rest in peace, Frenchie Martin, Pierre Montel. He changed it to the Vampire Warrior, which evolved into Gangrel and WWF or E, whatever you want. <laughs> Did you ever have a moment where the elevator got stuck halfway up, or you didn't go all the oh, way? I had a moment, all right. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. Well, that first, the first night, the, the Sunday Night Heat. If, if you watch it back, you'll see. They, they clip away and come back. So we did one drive rehearsal, I said, right? Okay. right before the show, yeah. first time ever, they said the elevator has a, a shimmy in it, right? Like a little, it has a boom, boom, and it'll go up. Give it a second. Well, that drive rehearsal didn't have all this fog and the dark arena and, and all this other stuff and people there, you know? So so I get in there and the music goes and I like can see the fire start going. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know if it's me swam, but I thought I felt the, the shimmy. I thought I felt the elevator do the thing. So I went to turn and step and go, uh, well, it wasn't done. So my foot planted this foot right in there as I was turning in between the elevator and stage. So it shut, sling. So I'm stepped over in the flames going, ah, I'm holding the goblet. Oh, man. So you cut, they cut away when I'm going, ah. <laughs> There's flames burning up around me, like my foot. And uh, that's why I uh, ended up with the, uh, when they got it down, I just hobbled to the ring. My foot was black and blue for, for months. Uh, oh, my that's, gosh. That's where they all said, oh, that's a great vampire. That's a great swag you have when you walk. They go, no, that, that was just a hurt foot and a grizzled <laughs> knee walk. So, it's like, yeah. so I ended up getting that. that, that that's how that, that started. Like, it wow. never changed. So I've been walking like that since. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, because my foot was crushed and my knee was, I didn't tell my knee was hurt already. <laughs> Jeez. And the brood was basically created as a vehicle to make Edge look like a star. Absolutely, hundred percent. My they they told me from day one it was to uh, help bring Edge in and get him around. Because uh, what people don't realize is I've been wrestling thirty three years. This September will be thirty three years. Congratulations! And, uh, thank by you. Um, Eighty seven. Yeah. I started. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thirty three years. Uh, wow. And I started out. You know, I went from uh, I was trained by Boris Malenko, and then um, I went to Stampede. I trained in the dungeon for a while with the hearts. And then there I went to all Japan and then Puerto Rico and then Memphis. But in between all that, uh, because the first thing I was told when I was breaking in was to get a passport. You know, I've been in a room and they go, they come in a room and look like this is a locker room and they're looking at everybody. They go, Who's got a passport? I go, good kid. You want to go to uh, Malaysia? Yeah. <laughs> you know, It was like that back then, you know, so I had the passport. So I did a lot of older tours with all the Rick Martel, all the different guys wow. like that. So I knew all the older guys. And then plus, uh, I was with Luna for like 18 years. So I met Luna when I was 18. She knew everybody. So I kind of like just knew everybody and kind of been around without being around. You know, I was always, I, I guess, a journeyman, that guy, the fly on the wall. I was always there. So they knew I knew everybody. So they just said, hey, look, he's our future. We're strapping a rocket to his crotch, you know, his, 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 <laughs> to his back, to his back, his butt, to his crotch, sure, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, rated our superstar, not X, I guess. Or. <laughs> but they, they knew he was their future. He, yeah. he, that was the deal. And it was just, Help, help get in with everybody and help take care of them. Don't get them hurt and stuff like that. So, And how did Christian come into that then? I, Edge brought him in, backdoor to me. Okay. I think that was supposed to be Chris Daniels' spot. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. isn't that crazy? Yeah. Edge, Chris Daniels, and, and we're you. not promoting this. I just need energy. <laughs> you got vampire energy. Not today. 
It's early. It's like one twenty-one. What was it? What was it about Edge when afternoon. you when you first met him? When you first saw him? That you went, yeah, like he's got. I don't. It. I think when I first met him, I chipped his tooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we worked on that. I think he was already under contract, and they they, they uh, I was on a show, and they said, "Oh, this is uh, Adam. Whatever he's doing, uh, sex and violence or something." But Christian went there, but he did a singles, and I worked him in the singles, and I, I gave him one of those. Uh, whatever and shipped his tooth or something that's when i first met him but but he was a great guy then he didn't have a problem about it or anything he was like super I, it was probably an accident I, didn't, I don't think i've ever heard anybody on purpose or, or, or anything like that but uh first time i met him and then he came he just has a presence about him you know not not that he's from orangeville or, or toronto or anything like you know all that eastern canada or anything like that because you know <laughs> i know <laughs> like these eastern he's canada right. guys you know, like, but uh, yeah, he grew up half an hour from me yeah yeah, yeah no he was it was just it's just a great human being there's something special about him you know there's a lot of people you'll, you'll go through the world and meet a tremendous amount of people and shake a lot of hands and then you'll meet a handful of people that are just really good people and he's a really good person yeah yeah were you able to appreciate how cool the attitude era was when you were in the heart of the attitude era uh no i i, I never realized and luna used to tell me she goes one of the things i love about you is, is you don't even realize you're like a star you're doing anything she goes you think you're just still and, you know, Hollywood, Florida, just working an indie show. You don't look at it like anything because I didn't appreciate it. Now I do. Mm. Now I look back going, oh, man, this is really cool. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I, nothing against anything else on TV now. I put it back and forth. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it really was different. But we weren't much different. But the way we ran matches, they were just, we would shoot for no reason. There was a thousand reversals for no reason. So it wasn't much different in that sense. But everybody had a storyline and a character, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the thing. Everybody, whether you were at the top of the card, middle yeah. of the card, or the bottom of the card, yeah. everybody it, had a storyline. You know, everybody was, you know, to be uh, like a cruiserweight or something, you were like, you had to be like 220. <laughs> I'd be a cruiserweight now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. When I started, even when I started in 87, they were like, oh, kid, you're just going to be a junior heavyweight. That's all you could be. I was like 230 pounds, you know. Guys were monsters in you know, like, and then slowly wrestling, pro wrestling evolved to pro wrestling entertainment and, and then whatnot. And th- as everything does, it kind of takes on its own thing as things go. But I believe in cycles because I believe wrestling's going to come back. I do. As much as I, I secretly like to have a glass of wine and watch Lucha Libre in my underwear. Um, <laughs> in your underwear. In my underwear. Yeah. Uh, yeah Nacho Libre. But no, I, I love all the, the, the flips and, and, and this, that. People think I don't like them. I really, truly do like all, all the flips and flops. I just don't do the flips and flops. <laughs> but having a school, I, I, I don't let them know that I like it because then that's all they're going to want to do when yeah. I'm trying to teach them a foundation. I right. could, I'd be I'm super glad if they can do the flips and flops and they have that athletic ability as long as they have their foundation and their footwork to get there. Then they'll know where to be. They won't be running to catch a dive. They won't be looking awkward. Everybody's standing, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, like so they're going to be up better off, you know. So, but yeah. I, I'm secretly do love all that. Like, <laughs> well, now that you have this school, Gangrel's Wrestling Asylum. Yeah. How much has changed in the way that the fundamentals, what you're teaching people, how different is it from what you learned 33 years ago? It's absolutely the same. Wow. It's absolutely the same. I was watching. Uh, it's funny because I watched back and uh, uh, I, I, I do a lot of cardio, so I'm on the elliptical. You got an hour to kill, so I watch old stuff. So I was thinking about let me watch the Mass Superstar. And then, you know, he came up under Malenko, right? Boris Malenko. So I go back and I go, wow, he's running the same basic matches I teach, you know, <laughs> like you're here. So that's there. So now I teach that. Now, um, what might have changed maybe is psychology wise, like, like I don't believe in uh, psychology is always, I, I, I do appreciate good versus evil when I can understand it, but I don't always preach that now. Now, hmm. 
first six months or first three months, I'm teaching them the good versus evil. Is ah, baby face this toward heels, hands back, right? I teach that the first few months. But as they move advanced and characters come along, then I teach, okay, it's more about characters and psychology. How do you, is Chris Van Bleek is this character. I'm Gangrel, I'm this character. Yep. How do I get Chris Van Bleek over without killing his character? Well, but keep myself strong and get my character over, but tell a story that's here and there. And, you know, so it's not necessarily, you know, you're super, you know, you're the bad villain and I'm the good guy or vice versa. Sure. But it's about characters, but... It's where you're going in the long run uh, with, with an angle or on the card and everything. So, yeah. But I, I still like traditional stuff, but, but I don't hold to that, you know. With, I'm not going to say the world revolves around that. Sure. But uh, learning the Makes fundamentals. Makes sense? Or that confuse you? You, no, that, you look confused. You that no, look. no. You had that look. Just, I just have a weird looking face. You had face. that look when you talked to Vampiro, that look. That oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you had a look. <laughs> you gave me that look, that. Is there uh, <laughs> is there vampire heat between you and Vampiro? No, no. Who's the real vampire here? You ask him, you'll tell you he is. Yeah, he thinks he's a vampire. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Kind of want to pick on him, but that's fine. You have like the vampire, like you have the neck bite. So ah, there it is. These, these, yeah, See this that? is uh, yeah. well, we didn't get wedding rings. So me and Luna got married. Uh, instead of getting wedding rings, we went out and got matching vampire bites on the neck. Wow. And, yeah. And I don't, I don't want to get... On Halloween. On Halloween. That's... <laughs> yeah, it was 10 years that just passed. It's uh, the 27th that she's been gone. Wow. Yeah. You, have su- you have such a special relationship with her, even still to this day. Like, even when, when you talk about her now, it's just like, like I can tell you still very much love Luna. Oh, yeah, I, I do. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be here today doing what I'm I, I doing. She's, she's the one that encouraged me to um, do the vampire character. Two, she's just taught me the ropes, you know, like, because she's been around. She's second generation, you know. Her father was Butcher Vachon. Her uncle was Mad Dog Maurice Vachon. Her aunt was Vivian Vachon. Her aunt was married to Buddy Wolf. Or, and so it's just a wrestling family of knowledge and stuff passed on. So she's passed me all that on. And she was, like, married to Dick Slater or with Dick Slater for a while. And then plus she worked Florida at a young age under Kevin Sullivan and Steve Kern. So the yeah. knowledge that was passed yeah, yeah. on to her, she's passing it on to me. It didn't necessarily... Helped me in some things. Sometimes it killed me, buried me. But, 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 but sometimes you're better off just not knowing, you know. <laughs> like, better off just walking in instead of seeing the world for exactly what it is. But but uh, once I learned to appreciate that knowledge and, and use it the right way, it was it, it, it's turned out to be very valuable. What's your best memory of Luna? When you think about her, what's the thing that comes to mind? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, so many things come out. I just hear a voice talking to me like this, you know, trying to describe me. It's like using a screwdriver. The cop rolls bad. Chris Van Brink, pain and pleasure go together, contributing to that ultimate bliss. And you are not my bliss. You are a pain in my <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I feel like Luna was here for a second. See that Gallagher spray zone? I, see you. I did see a little <laughs> bit. I wish wow. <laughs> No, How? yeah, I could do, everybody says, can you do a promo? No, I said, I could do Luna promos because she did them all the time. I sat there going, there's a black heart. <laughs> We're doing, ah, as a vampire. <laughs> You've counted on restaurants and now they are counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. 
Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory, and many of your local favorite restaurants while they're still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food, boom, will be on its way. And right now, listeners of The Chris Van Vliet Show can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, the code is BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And the wait is finally over. Oh, football is back. And you may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. When you were, I mean, you just dropped so many incredible names that, you know, you had relationships with when you were coming into the business. What was the biggest piece of advice that you had as you were coming up and who was it from? Well, I, I'm going to also say Luna, you know, pen is mightier than a sword. Don't believe the hype. You know, don't, hmm. don't believe yeah. your own hype? Yeah, I don't believe any hype they put on you. Because especially if it's a pencil, they'll just erase it. Pen, they just scratch it out. But pen is mightier than a sword. You know, all these guys, they, they tell you, like, um, they get in there, they get a push this and that. But you, it, it just takes one swing in the office of one other person. And it's just like, ah, there we go. And it changes it, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, like, I took most of it in I, I, under Jake, uh, he taught me a lot of things, promos yeah, and this and this and that. Yeah, over there. But he's also written on my hand when I tried to shake his hand. He's a <laughs> still the same old Jake. But uh, but he, he taught me a lot about especially promos that I never applied or understood till now. Now I apply a lot of his uh, techniques and stuff that he taught me when we're in Puerto Rico together. Uh, so my students want to run promo classes and stuff like that. Yeah, what things. makes Jake the Snake such a great promo? Because legendary. He's the best of all time. I, he, he just draws you in. You can look at him now. He's going to draw you in. As he talks to you, he, he makes it very personal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when he brings it in, he just draws you in. So on TV, he draws yeah. it in. And then, you know, he's taking uh, lyrics out of songs. So people have heard before or somebody's connected to lyric uh, quotes out of the Bible, different thing. And then he applies it to that situation. So now these things are familiar to you. You know, you've heard these things here and here before, but now Jake is applying it to the situation. He's evolved in that you've been watching on TV. So that and that, and as he's talking to you, you think that he's talking to you, you know, and you and you. You know, meanwhile, he's talking to everybody at home, but he draws you in and you personally go like, oh, I do it heavy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's tremendous. One of the best promos there is. If not the best. You talk about wrestling being cyclical. We're obviously in a really weird situation right now with COVID and everything that's going on. What do you think, how do you think it rebounds from this? Uh, well, uh, if you're a conspiracy theory guy, you think everything goes away in November, next year is normal. But I, I don't know. I'm scared. I'm, I'm afraid uh, what you're seeing now with all sports and 
um, WWEs, the virtual fans and stuff, that they may not go. Now, am I worried about it? No, because I think it's going to help me in the long run because I think small shows and stuff like this are going to excel. Sure. And I think big arenas and stuff like that are going to not run as much and they're going to cut the productions or they're going to keep in-house residencies like the Thunderdome, right? They do this big residency. You can't move that from town to town to town. Yeah. You know, it may become an event there for that place or they'll build their own, you know, something like that because they realize they're getting by without fans from WWE's uh, publicly traded stock. So that, they're going to say, why are we going to go backwards spending this money if we're holding here? You yeah, know, yeah. so I, I worry about stuff like that, but I believe it's going to be a... Uh, Good for independent wrestling and territories. I think they'll pop back up again. I think regional TV. I, this is my opinion. I don't, I don't. I don't have a fact finder and study, but this is what I believe. I believe things are cycles, and and I believe wrestling's going to come back. And like I'm working my best on it in uh, South Florida to try to bring back a regional Florida wrestling. Like we're moving to a bigger venue um, that we can tape in all the time. Uh, it's five thousand square foot, as I was telling you. It's yeah. got three rings for the eighteen footers. Going to stay up permanent. We got the LED lights already ordered for like NXT on the poles and everything, and the lighting rigs. Oh my gosh! Trust, trust. That's a very that. professional, so, independent company. Uh, no, it, like we're really looking at that to run TVs there, and I'm looking to pick little towns and and, and go regional again and bring that back because I think they're going to start neglecting all these people in live events, and 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 then they're going to be outrageous ticket sales to to get into what live events in that main city. I think they're going to cut it down. I don't think they're going to hit as many towns as they used to. Yeah, and so I think. There's a big chance that like uh, it's gonna be good for up and coming wrestlers and 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 people like myself that are have a wrestling school or trying to run events to come around. This, I, I, this is what I'm hoping. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to see the big venues go away. This yeah. I love. I'm not. I'm not a. What do they call it? A, a cinematography. <laughs> I don't want to see. I, I wasn't a big fan of the Undertaker, AJ Styles, and stuff like that. Yeah, I want to see the cinematic I, matches. Yeah. I want to feel the crowd. I want mm. the vibe of the crowd. I want to get the atmosphere. I want to smell the popcorn, stale beer in the arena, whatever. That's why I go to a live uh, sporting events and all that. I love that feel. I, I don't want to miss it. Hockey, love it. Like yeah. love it. You know, I you know I go to all the Panther games. <laughs> I'm not even a Panthers fan. I'm a Red Wings fan. So, but you're a hockey fan. Yeah, I'm a hockey yeah. fan. But but I love the, the live event. I don't think I want to sit home in front of my computer and look at it here going, hey, that's me on TV. Like, I can all do that. <laughs> I'm going to go to a live event and feel that event, just like everybody's here live for this. And I'd like to say thank you to all of you coming out here yeah. in, uh, in Texas. And, thank you. And, and yeah. Give yourselves a round of applause. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, uh, working towards this, is, it's a big step uh, in, in this time of the COVID and everything else and, and to come out here. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we get a good crowd tonight for the show. Thank you all. Yeah. Thank you for coming in early for this. And, uh, you know, we got about five minutes left here. So okay. I'm going to open it up to you guys. If you have a question you want to ask Gangrel, you know, we'll, we'll repeat it back into the mic. So, uh, yeah, shoot your hand up and, uh, yeah, what you got? What's it like working with The Undertaker with the ministry? So what was it like working with The Undertaker and the ministry? It was the death of the brood. <laughs> oh, no, death touchy subject here. Yeah, yeah, it is a touchy subject. But, uh, no, in, in a sense, okay, yeah, great, you're here, the ministry, right? The biggest evil faction there is... And you're the small group here, so you got the small group, the brood, three of you, right? So uh, I, I, I was against it, but I never spoke up or fought for my rights away. Edge was thought, thought it was cool, but I don't think he comprehended where it was going because uh, once you went to the ministry, we went in the ministry and they'd bring us all out on the stage. And, you know, they want that big heel reaction, that big boo. Well, they would boo first, but then, then you start hearing chants, brood, 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 brood. It takes over brood. And I leaned over to Edge. I said, we won't be in the ministry long. What do you mean? I go, ah, we're done. <laughs> he goes, what do you mean? 
about three weeks later, and they go, hey, uh, we think we're going to break you up and feud the ministry. And then I go, and I, I told them, next step, brood's done. <laughs> like, so so it, it, it was cool in a sense, but deep down inside with the knowledge, like I told you earlier, I mentioned that Luna showed me worlds and angles and things that I wish you could get back because it took away from me enjoying that moment that was there because it could have been, should have been a great moment. I was already foreseeing the, the you know, the, I want to say the butterfly effect, but I, but I already, I knew where it was going. So and, and exactly what happened. So, but it, it was cool. I mean, but I couldn't get past seeing where I knew everything was actually going to end up. What's your name, by the way? Eric. Thank you, Eric. Anyone else have a question? Little man. Yeah. And what's your name, by the way? Jaden. So Jaden asks, what made you get into wrestling? I thought it was, I wanted to make some money and beat people up, to be honest. <laughs> Wasn't quite that when I got there. It was a little bit more complicated than that. <laughs> but, um, well, I, uh, I see my fangs are loose. Uh, um, I didn't, I didn't put the stuff in to hold them in, Jade. Uh, I broke my, I, I wanted, believe it or not, people don't know this. Some people do. I, I wanted to play football and be a preacher. That was it. I gave sermons every other Sunday in church. When it came along, when I was playing Pop Warner football, they said, what pro football team do you want to play for? I said, the Miami Hurricanes. Not the Horn, not the, like, but the Hurricanes. So I, I just wanted to support, uh, play football on that. But then I broke my neck when I was 13. And then I, I took a different path. So I lost, missed out on all my sport, all the sports and stuff. But I really, really missed it. And I actually saw an ad in the newspaper that said, Comic pro wrestler. I was already living on my own. I moved out at like 15. I moved out on my own. Got myself in a lot of trouble and everything. I saw an ad to be a wrestler, and I thought, oh, here's another chance of sports. I went down there, took a chance on it, and 33 later, years later, here I am, and it was the best chance I ever took. Wow. And uh, uh, I'm grateful for it. I owe wrestling everything. Wrestling owes me nothing. So, like, that's why I, I do run schools, and I, and I keep putting into them and want to build bigger things because I want to give other people that might have been in that same spot I was in a desperate time in my head and in my heart, my feeling soul, feeling and have anything, or even kids like also like me that was in the streets and in trouble, another opportunity. Cause we're not all super like college smart and, and this and this and that. Some of us are just a little bit different and meant for something else. So uh, if I could find those ones and guide them and turn caterpillars into butterflies and off they go, here we do it. That's it. <laughs> Thank you, Jaden. Uh, yeah. What's your name? AC. AC. What you got? Uh, with today being like the internet age and there being outlets with so many different, you're able to watch multiple mm. opinions and multiple companies work. Uh, what are some? Who are some wrestlers that you would want to work with today? So you know, mm-hmm. uh, all over. Yeah. So yeah, who would you want to work with today? Basically, because there's so many, there's so much availability yeah. and accessibility now. Um. I I think maybe a uh, Jungle Boy just once. He was always small because. Because I, I met him when he first came in and all that. It was go cool see where he's coming. He came out of that. Uh, I have a special heart for a lot of guys out of that Nor- NorCal area that came out of there. Um, you, you and Darby Allen, I think, would be really interesting. Darby, yeah, Darby would be cool. Um, yeah. I've already worked him once, but I want I want the revamped Hammerstone. Uh, Alexander Hammerstone. I want that Hammerstone now. Yeah. yeah. Here's another one. Believe it or not, it's uh, Jacob Fatu. I trained him. But uh, I, I'd like to have a heavyweight one-on-one with him somewhere online. Because I, I know what I've taught him. And I know where he was when I left him, right? Now, he's here. He's gone here. He's got experience here. I'd like to get there and see what's going on with that there. Boom. Uh, Scorpio Sky. Look, Scorpio Ooh. Sky. Yeah, Scorpio Sky. And uh, Lance. I worked Lance, I think, once. But I'd like to get another chance at him. He's Lance not Archer. beating me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, AC. We'll take uh, one more. And then uh, Jazz is our next one. What was it like working with Jazz? 
<laughs> and what's your name, by the way? Andy. Andy. So how, what was it like working with the hearts? How bad did Stu stretch you? You ever see Porky's? <laughs> when he goes, he got the pig's tooth. Sue uh-huh. got mine. <laughs> oh, wow. Sue got mine too. He never came down like, like, uh, I went there like two, I was like 220, 225 when I went there. Needless to say, I was, I, I left it like 199 pounds. <laughs> like, for, uh, they, they trained the hell, heck out of you in, in the dungeon. You know, it was a lot of cardio, a lot of things. But um, it was a tremendous experience. Stu never came down in the basement when I was there. He got me at uh, Sunday dinner. He, he came up. and he, kind he, of dinner he, is that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, it, it, you know, so, you know, I was there and, and Stu was coming down the steps. And, you know, I Stu Hart. I'm like, oh, hello, sir. He's like, ah. Come here, you big guy. You're the guy they're talking about. And oh my you know, gosh, that'd be terrible. So he asked me what uh, I was working with Bruce Hart that day, and he asked me what Bruce Hart was working on. I said, "Well, we were working on punches." Well, he used the word I'm not going to use about Bruce's punches, and like and it wasn't the S word; it was a P word. <laughs> like, like punches, like a uh, whatever. So he comes over, he grabs, fish hooks, me, turns me around like this. He's standing on the stairs. It takes his knuckle, and boom. Catch me there, and I was like, ooh, good one. And uh, he said, ah, let, let, let's go eat. And then I was sitting there, and uh, I, I knew it hurt, but I uh, didn't know the extent of it. The next morning, I woke up, and then uh, it kind of took my tongue because I could feel it pushed over, and the whole tooth came off. He sheared it off with the gum. So like, I never fixed it. That's a Stu Hart there. That's uh, But he didn't, he didn't get a body part, but he took the tooth. Stu wow. got a tooth. <laughs> this has been such a pleasure hanging oh, out with you. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Give it up. Ah. For the legendary Gang Growl. Always a pleasure with you, Chris. And, and, And all of you fans. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just love that man. Thanks to Gang Growl for this. I'm sure there'll be many other interviews with him because I just love hanging out with him. And thank you to you for hanging out with us on this. And thanks to the Independent Wrestling Convention put on by Fighting Words Promotions for inviting me so we could do these live interviews. And it was so cool. Being in front of a live crowd with, you know, those live immediate reactions there. I'm hoping we can do more of these. Actually, you know, the plan is to start taking the show on the road and inviting you to be part of it. You know, different cities, different venues. Just be cool to be able to do these interviews in front of, you know, a few hundred people. So cross your fingers with me, please. <laughs> we'll see what 2021 has in store for all of us. So if you enjoyed this or any other episode, Please subscribe to the show on whatever app it is that you're listening on. And if that app happens to be Apple Podcasts, I'm hoping I could persuade you to leave a review. Enjoy your week. And in the words of Stephen Covey, the most important thing is to keep the most important thing the most important thing. Hmm. Be great. Be grateful. Have a great week. We'll see you soon.